Five ways to release stress so it doesn't sabotage your workouts. Let's talk about it. And hey, by the way, if we haven't met, I'm Jenny Holbert. As a holistic fitness and essential oil specialist, I am all about helping you live and sweat in sync with nature. Wild Wellness actually stands for women into living their dreams because I hope that whatever I share helps you take care of your body so you can take all the adventures. So here's the Wild Wellness Podcast. So a friend shared with me recently that life is so crazy and busy right now and the stress feels so high that running, working out just isn't even something they want to do. And I wondered if you can relate because I feel like this is something that we could all relate to if we're someone who does enjoy moving our body and sometimes that workout or running is a stress relief. But have you ever gotten to that point where you are so worn out and depleted that it just feels like one more thing you have to do? It just feels like effort. It feels like you are just so exhausted physically and mentally that it really isn't that stress relief anymore and it's actually contributing to stress, maybe. So again, yes, sometimes exercise is a buffer for stress. It lessens its physical and emotional impact on the body. But what I want to talk about in a way is when too much stress leads to an imbalance with our stress hormones and their function, because we can get at a cycle of experiencing so many additional stressors outside of exercise, which we'll talk about is a stress, by the way. And yet we still, even though we have all these other stressors going on, we still have this drive and this need to check off that box, to meet our goals, to get the mileage in. And if we don't, then we might feel guilty if we don't do it. Or we feel guilty if we go too easy or if we're not feeling the way we normally do. So if you're dealing with a lot of stress and you are continuing to want to check off that box and just keep plowing forward and continue with that same intensity and you end up exercising too hard or too long, then you can cause your adrenal glands to become overstimulated because basically when you're going all out at the gym or you're going all out every time you go out for your runs when you're already dealing with the effects of chronic stress in your life in other ways, then you can be left feeling even more depleted and that further strains your adrenals. So let's talk about your adrenals. We'll talk about stress hormones, cortisol, and what you can do so that stress doesn't sabotage your workouts. So cortisol, often called the stress hormone, is released with exercise. But it's more than that. It helps control our blood sugar levels. It regulates metabolism and blood pressure. It affects our sleep quality, impacts our sex life, assists with memory making. There's so many functions that cortisol has a play in in the body. And your adrenal glands, which actually produce cortisol, are on top of the kidneys. And your cortisol levels are controlled by the pituitary glands, which are located in your brain. So the pituitary gland tells the adrenal glands to adjust in terms of cortisol production. And the adjustment oftentimes in a normal and healthy manner is based on a circadian rhythm. 
So it peaks in the morning and it declines at the end of the day. But of course, you can fluctuate based on what you're experiencing in life too. So when you think about stress, it's actually anything that triggers the adrenal glands to produce more cortisol. So any stress, be it mental, emotional, physical, environmental, can cause a cortisol response in the body. So I'll say it again, exercise can be a stress as well, but that doesn't mean you can't use it to your advantage for healthy cortisol levels and for many other functions in the body that can support your overall well-being and really help you to manage your stress response. But the question is, when does cortisol become a problem? So think back to primal humans, right? Cortisol played a very helpful role in times of fight or flight from an enemy or animal. You may have heard this before. The human body has evolved so the cortisol levels spike for a short period of time when you're in danger, and then they return to normal once the stressor is gone. And that's obviously a good thing, giving you that extra boost of energy that you need. But in modern times, we may not be facing that kind of stress and yet we're experiencing other stressors that cause a cortisol response in the body. And it's like there's all these little stressors. I put little in quotations there because I'm not belittling the things that you or I might be dealing with. They can be little stressors. They can be big stressors. My point is that we have these consistent, more chronic stressors of everyday life, like reading a loaded text message or something you see on Instagram, reading the news, being in traffic, hearing notifications on your phone ding off all day, and all these things that also cause a cortisol response in the body in addition to those other things where we really do need to physically act. So our stress response is constantly telling our systems to fight or flight, even though we're not in that situation anymore. And over time, that's when cortisol can become an issue. So back to exercise, back to workouts, running, whatever it is you like to do. How does that affect your cortisol levels? So remember, stress responses can be triggered by emotional, mental, physical, environmental stimuli. And yes, exercise counts as physical stimulus, but that doesn't mean it's bad and will throw off your cortisol. It's about all the stressors combined, and it's your body's reaction and adaptability to it. So... Add all of the mental, emotional stress of life and exercise, all the things that are going on. And sometimes exercise may exacerbate a pre-existing imbalance with cortisol or something that's going on, especially if you're working out at the wrong time of day. And when I say wrong time of day, exercising at the end of the day for a short or long period of time can throw it off because you're... Cortisol follows that circadian rhythm. Even if you're exercising for a very long period of time or at a really high intensity, think about it. If you're working out at the end of the day when your cortisol levels are supposed to be on the decline, it can cause your cortisol levels to deviate from that circadian rhythm. And if you are working out for a very long time, then usually this cortisol is a short-term deviation, right? And your cortisol levels return to normal. But perhaps maybe what you're doing high intensity or for long periods is actually adding to that ongoing consistent stress that you're experiencing in other areas of your life too. So if it weren't for a lot of other things going on in your life, maybe those three-hour runs a few days a week would be something that 
uh, weren't as much an effect on your cortisol or on your body as a whole. Or maybe doing that high-intensity workout would be okay if you hadn't had a really high-stress day already or a high-stress week. And it's not always just that micro. It's not just, well, I didn't have a stressful day, so I should be good to go for the workout. Sometimes these things can add up over time, and it takes time. But the point is, if you're stressed because of work or family issues, or you're going through a transition like moving or traveling a lot, these are changes, and changes are stressful, regardless of whether they're positive or negative changes. And so you probably don't want to be doing whatever workout that would be for you that's landing you flat on your back. <laughs> so whether that's high-intensity interval training or endurance training, like running for several hours, several times a week, whatever it might be. And this is going to look different for everyone. So I'm not saying that what is high intensity for me is high intensity for you and vice versa. We all have different levels of what our body has adapted to in terms of training. So you're going to have to decide what that means for you and pay attention to how you're feeling. But my teaching here is that because your cortisol levels are already up, because of life, just life, then a workout adding to that cortisol spike can leave you feeling depleted and makes the situation even worse because that workout probably spiked your cortisol levels even higher. So what can you do? Here we are landing out. What can you do to manage, adapt, and release stress so it doesn't sabotage your workouts? And I want to offer you some adjustments adjustments that you may want to make. Of course, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. It's why you're here, right? To see what might fit for you. And so the first thing that I want to share is change the time of day that you work out. Try going to the gym in the morning. Try doing your run in the morning. This will align your exercise-induced cortisol surge with the surge that happens naturally. So as I said, remember, cortisol is higher at the beginning of the day, so you want to match that. If you're exercising later in the day and giving yourself that jolt of cortisol when it's actually on the down end or down slope or on the lower end of levels, then that's going to be opposite to what's natural. So try to shift that around. And if you are someone who is exercising later in the day, try to switch that up and do it earlier in the day in the morning. Now, I will say, if you didn't sleep well the night before then you may need to adjust because I wouldn't say, especially if you're someone who is feeling really stressed right now and you feel like it's sabotaging your workouts. I am all about you moving your body <laughs> consistently, but I'm not someone who's going to say, yeah, you didn't sleep well the night before. Just go to the gym anyway and get there at that time because you need to work out no matter what. That's not really my general advice. Now, every situation is different. I'm not saying you may not have one day where that happens if you just happen to have a rocky night's sleep. But if you are struggling, give yourself some grace. And maybe you do a shorter workout that day because you're going to sleep a little more. And if you're having trouble with sleep consistently, and then you're also trying to get up and maintain that morning workout, then I'm going to say you got to look at both of those things because your sleep is just as important. That getting enough rest is going to affect this stress response and how well you can adapt so that it doesn't sabotage your workouts as well, which is actually the second thing that I wanted to share. So speaking of sleep, get enough rest. So sleeping seven to nine hours a night, 
And if you're not getting enough sleep or if for some reason that seven to nine hours, you just have really worked every angle of your schedule and your personal situation, whatever it might be, you're just not landing there. I want to offer you this because I feel like it's a game changer. <laughs> it is completely magical. I have gone through periods myself of insomnia and it's so challenging. I know it's so hard when you don't sleep well. It totally throws off the next day. You don't feel right. You don't feel like yourself. And so if you can do a 20-minute yoga nidra during the day sometime, if you haven't been sleeping well, this ancient practice translates to yogic sleep. And according to Yoga Journal, 20 minutes of yoga nidra equals two hours of sleep. Whether or not that's exactly true, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you from personal experience, it feels like it <laughs> because you get up from 20 minutes of yoga nidra and I feel like a completely different person. So to help you get more rest during the day, it doesn't just have to be at night if that's a struggle for you. Now, I'm not saying you should just replace that with, oh, great, I can sleep two hours less a night. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. I can sleep for five to six hours a night and then just do 20-minute yoga nidra during the day. I'm not saying that that's probably going to be equivalent or work out for you so well. Most people need seven to nine hours a night of restful sleep, and there's different rhythms and that you go into during those hours, which is different than what you can get during the day. This yoga nidra is more of something you can pull out of your back pocket when you haven't slept well for some reason. Sometimes we have those nights of sleeplessness. Okay. So to help ground you prior to or right after you do the yoga nidra, do a little self-massage too on your neck and shoulders or on your feet with a vegetable oil like coconut oil or sesame oil is really good. And use essential oils like frankincense, black spruce, or sandalwood and wild orange is a great combination too. Really grounding, like I said, very calming to the nervous system. Black spruce has actually been shown to really support your adrenal glands. And I could go on about each of those, but just frankincense, black spruce, or sandalwood and wild orange are going to be great combinations to apply to your neck and shoulders or to your feet before you do that yoga nidra. Number three. Release physical tension by doing massage. So kind of like what I was just saying with that little self-massage before the yoga nidra, you can do this on your own. I would recommend foam rolling or other self-massage tools, or you can go and get a massage. But the thing is, when our bodies are tight physically and we're holding tension, we're going to fatigue quicker in our workouts. We're going to feel heavy legs when we're running. So releasing physical tension can help release that stress from your physical body so that it doesn't sabotage the workout that you're doing. And I like to use essential oils to release tension as well as this self-massage or foam rolling practice or getting a massage. And the oils that are helpful for releasing tension in this way are wintergreen, peppermint, copaiba, and lavender is a good one too. So put those on your body, areas that are feeling tense in particular prior to your workout or make it part of your evening routine because a lot of those can help with sleep too. And I find that if I'm physically feeling tense, sometimes I have a hard time winding down to sleep. So I'll rub some essential oils on my feet, on my back, or I'll get my husband to just rub it on my back and use those ones that are Great for releasing tension because just a little bit of that just completely changes my physical state. Next thing, breath work. Your own breath is free. <laughs> and you can work with this 
so powerfully to work on healthy cortisol levels and your stress response. So I learned about the Wim Hof method earlier this year, and I can't believe that I haven't come across it before. It's incredible what he teaches with breath work and with cold water practices. So if you haven't heard of Wim Hof, I will add this to the blog notes that are linked with this episode, but it's brilliant. You should go check it out. And I'm also currently reading The Oxygen Advantage. It's a book. I have it on Audible. You can get hard copy or Audible. I'll link to that title as well. But these are practices uh, that, in particular with The Oxygen Advantage, practices with breath holds that train your body to respond more optimally to stress. So again, I'll link to this in the show notes, but if you haven't explored breath work, this has been a way that I feel has really been shifting how my nervous system responds to different stressors, and I think it's really powerful. Final thing I want to share is release the technology. Log out, turn off the news, release the inputs, and allow your nervous system to unravel. I can just stop there. (laughs) It's so important that we don't have these notifications highlighting us or that we are uh, being bombarded with places that want our attention, things that want our attention. You be in charge of that. You be in charge of when you want to log in and engage, when you want to uh, have those inputs. So that could be something that really throws us off. It's not something that our ancestors dealt with. And I believe, and I'm sure there's lots of studies supporting this, that there are different inputs from technology these days, whether that be sounds or screens that are really wreaking havoc on our nervous system and our ability to manage and adapt to stressors. So on a side note, if you do think your stress hormones, particularly cortisol, is off, you could get them tested. I would recommend seeing a functional medicine doctor And if you don't have one near you locally, you're not sure where you would even go to begin that process, you may want to check out Dr. Stephen Cabral. I'll link to equa.life in the blog notes with this episode. His Boston-based practice is worldwide, and home testing with health coaching is available anywhere you are. So you can get tested with one of those tests to look at adrenal function and other hormones and see where you're at. So that can be really helpful too. So what can you start with now? Can you change the time of day you work out? Can you get better sleep or try yoga nidra? Can you do a massage or foam roll for that physical tension release? Can you try breath work? Can you release technology? Your pick. Your pick on what you want to try first. What is going to be the simplest thing for you to do? Pick the one that seems so doable to you right now so that you do take action from what I've shared. And until we chat again, my friend, you know what to do. Go live your one wild life. Hey, before you go, did you hear about my essential oil workshop on creating your natural home apothecary? It's free and you'll learn about 10 essential oils and blends that you can use for sleep, workout recovery, mental focus, menstrual cycle support, immunity, digestive support, releasing stress and supporting your adrenals for sure. And if you're ready to own your health and know how to use plant medicine to support your well-being, then this is for you. You can get details and sign up for free at jennyholbert.com forward slash essentials.